0: You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7 a.m.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name's Trent Fleskins, your host, as always. This week, we're heading back into a suburb spotlight. We haven't done it for quite a few weeks. And I'm really proud to say we've got one of Perth's premier suburbs on the episode today and therefore one of Perth's premier real estate agents. We're talking Applecross with Colleen Gandini from Colleen Gandini Residential. Colleen, thanks so much for coming in.
0: Oh, That's my pleasure, Trent. Thank you so much.
1: I love Applecross and have a dirty little secret of mine here in that whilst I've always been a North of the River boy, look at the fundamentals of Applecross in terms of a lifestyle and simply in terms of some great northern light facing the river and go, I reckon they've got it right over there.
0: Absolutely. The river surrounds a lot of the suburbs, just an easy drive through each street, an incredible village atmosphere. So when you drive into Applecross, you're completely self-sufficient. Dentists, doctors, the best grocers, hairdressers, bottle right. shops. And some mm-hmm. of the
1: most beautiful tree lined streets you've seen in perth mm, there's a couple absolutely. of streets at kintail yeah. i think a couple more where especially getting into wildflower season those jacarandas mm. absolutely encompass the whole street yep. with purple flower how incredible. beautiful right
0: yeah absolutely incredible
1: some of the the prettiest streets in perth are in mm. this suburb especially given the fact they also a lot of them lead down to as you said the river i love starting these suburb spotlights with a bit of history. And I love the fact that you've actually got quite a bit for us to share today. So go for it. How did Applecross start? Uh, and what's been the story since then, hundred and something years ago, all the way through to where we are in 2022?
0: The suburb was originally assigned to a gentleman called Lionel Lucan back in 1830, but not much happened. And then in 1896, it was acquired by Alexander Matheson.
1: And that's a really who, famous street in Applecross, yes, right? We yes. should know this street. Yep, yeah, yep.
0: and he was from Scotland. So Matheson Road is one of the main roads in Applecross. And there's a lot of roads such as McCrae, Gaelock, Glenelg, Kintail, Killiland that take their name from the Scottish history which is great so Do you have
1: a lot of scottish people old fellas who have you know they're selling up they're 80 something years old and these old Californian bungalow style houses that are left over or is it probably all not washed really
0: it, yeah probably a coincidence some of the pioneers are scottish but yeah definitely a few some scottish people
1: i look at Applecross these days and i think when you talk about the convenience of it When we talk about why people live there, and obviously it's one of the most expensive suburbs in Perth. It's not a suburb you can just choose to live in for most people. It's a real aspirational suburb. A lot of people work their whole life and could still never afford to live there. But the people that do live there, I know there's a couple backgrounds. One I know there's a lot of farmers who have this as their Perth Mm. bolt hole. They'll Mm. have a quite an expensive three, four, five million dollar house as their bolt hole in Mm. Perth when they might be five hundred kilometres away somewhere else, right? Yes, where they stay. Beautiful houses. And there's also a really strong southeast asian community as well isn't there there's a lot of indonesians mm. as well that yep. seem to you know they come with a lot of money yeah and there's a lot of indonesians in apple cross as well you figured out why
0: I think for the timeline for indonesia to perth there's there's no time difference for one and i think they look at it and think it is an easy ride to the airport if they're going back to indonesia but it's also the nicest suburbs south of the river, in my opinion.
1: Mm, That's true. And it is. It is the jewel of the south of the river. And and you think about, oh, let's give a comparable to the North River. It's Dalkeith, in in Mm. my opinion. If you think about Dalkeith being probably the real old money in Western Australia, let's not count Peppermint Grove, which is just another beast in itself, but Dalkeith probably where a lot of that foundational money in Perth has come from. Apple Cross is probably the equivalent South River. Mm. They they face each other. You look at each other on, on either side oh, of, the, absolutely, of the river yeah. there. It's <laughs> also
0: just on that point. I think when a, a friend or family member comes over and moves to a new place, other family members look to that and think they want to do similar. So I think that's mm. why we do see... Lots of families and friends moved to Applecross, and lots of you know people known to each other in Indonesia.
1: Now, I spoke about the price point and how it's not that accessible to a lot of people, but the rezoning that happened about five years ago in the Canning Bridge precinct plan out of the city of Melville and the city of South Perth, but more specifically in this case, the city of Melville has opened up opportunities for some median density and high density property types, right? So you've got some pretty big apartment buildings now around town, you can see them from the freeway, and we've also got quite a few townhouse developments coming in. Do you want to talk to that option as well?
0: The apartments tend to have been, I wasn't sure when they first all started to be developed, I wasn't sure really who was going to be purchasing them, and now there's really not very many available Yeah. in a very short period. Townhouses, once again, the demographics show that there's you know, lots of people getting, getting older but do want to stay in the area, and I feel that the nice townhouses and the, the luxury apartments have given people that option of somewhere to go but also stay in the area.
1: Let's swing it back a little bit to the offering that Applecross has. What schools are we going to if we're living there? Where are we going to get our coffee? Where are we playing footy on the weekend with the kids? What do we got here for a family or, or for a young person?
0: Okay so we have all within the area not having to cross any main roads at all. You have a multitude of amazing coffee shops that people come from far and wide to go to. Nick and Colo, Cheeky Boy, amongst others. The Gallo Oval, which is where the football's played for the kids' sport and cricket. Applecross Primary School, which is easy walk from really wherever you are in Applecross.
1: And I assume, given the price point, whilst there is Applecross High School, which is a very well-regarded high school, a lot of people are also sending their kids to a couple of the private schools along Cunningham Highland.
0: Yeah. So you have um, Aquinas and Wesley, which are both boys' schools. You've then got Corpus Christi, which have all got an easy bus ride to all of those. Applecross High School is located in Ardross, but once again, easy to get to. Santa Maria for the girls.
1: Demographics i like to talk about who is buying from you right now, who's selling as well. So could you personify a couple of buyer types?
0: Okay, so our buyers tend to be either upsizers or downsizers. So they're people that aren't letting go of what they do have until they find what they want because it's not, not a great deal on offer at the moment. But it's people who, who want to stay in the area, who just want to find the next bigger house or on the other end, you know, the, the smaller house for them.
1: People who are aspirational, are they coming from maybe Bull Ragoon, Bateman, Melville, Winthrop, these areas?
0: There's a lot of people within the area just wanting to stay and move around in the area. You don't you don't see a lot of people moving from Applecross, but yes, there are people, Mount Pleasant to Applecross and Ardross to Applecross. Like you said, again, Winthrop is a natural progression.
1: Yep. Do we still have a lot of sellers who have been there for 40, 50 years, or is it a suburb that people are cycling through every four or five years?
0: Almost everything I sell is from people that have been there for a lot of time, a long time. So there's, there's very few that change. Maybe every five to seven years, I do see family shifting. But in the mainstream, I think there are people that have been there for a very long time.
1: If we can pull our conversation back a bit to how Applecross fits into the Perth story on the market right now. And we've spoken extensively on this podcast about where I believe Perth sits with regards to demand and supply, how that relationship with the East Coast has an effect, interest rates, COVID, the Russian war, all these things coming in. One interesting point you made to me off air was that it seems that the markets at this price point are more insulated from those factors and it's very much more about the specifics of what properties are on the market and whether they suit the buyers in the market at the time. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that?
0: Yeah, even though we've had changes in our market recently, because of all the reasons you've just mentioned, Applecross has always seemed to have people. It's it's got lots of varying degrees of different houses, so it's just waiting for me always for the right buyer to walk through to find that home and say, "Yep, yeah, that's exactly what I want." For the lack of there being not much else around, but also because I think the way homes are purchased by people, look, it does have to have that heart feeling, or it has to have a ninety percent or ticks.
1: If there was any friction in the market, you're saying it would come from lack of options for buyers to buy right now rather than lack of buyers ready to buy properties.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: And yeah. I think the, the issue with that in a place like Applecross is, as you mentioned before, not many people want to leave there. Therefore, not many p- properties are ever on the market because it offers it's pretty much the destination suburb. For anyone living in the south of the river, you either want to be probably in Applecross or Bicton or Rossmoyne or Shelley. Once you get into these suburbs, why will you leave unless you're downsizing, right? So what I would say is it probably allows for, even though it's such an aspirational suburb, it can also be quite a frictional transaction mm. where even though you're showing this beautiful house that anyone will wanna buy, if it doesn't suit the needs of the handful of buyers in the area at the time at four mil or three mil or two mil, whatever it is, well then a transaction is not gonna happen overnight.
0: That's that, right. That's the case. Yeah, absolutely, yep.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's a conundrum of luxury property agent like yourself in that it is more about the story and about ticking those boxes than about whether the market can afford the price point.
0: Pretty much. Yeah, Eddie, look, it is just, yeah, exactly. It's just about finding, there are people out there at the moment just waiting to buy, but there's nothing available at the moment that might suit them. So, we've got a lot of, yeah, names and people waiting for so.
1: Let's walk through the housing types. Uh, we had a quick chat about apartments, about townhouses. Yep. We understand there are a lot of beautiful mansions in the area. But can you maybe cycle us through the cheapest thing I could buy an Apple Cross if I just wanted the postcode and the different levels above that? So it might be a one-bedroom or two-bedroom flat from the 60s, saying what that price is, what you're getting there, and then the next step and the next step.
0: Yep. So I think we just sold a... Little two-bedroom flat for four forty. There's probably something you could buy on Canning Highway, which is one of the main roads, uh, maybe for just under four hundred thousand. Then the next level would be a little villa, uh, maybe in a group of three or four. Which you a price point for that would probably be in the seven seven twenties, maybe to to eight hundred.
1: Are these normally properties that have been built in the last 20, 30 years? These would
0: be properties probably built from the nineties, yeah. maybe some in the eighties. And there's quite a few of them, there's not so many on offer right now, but there's quite a lot of them through the area, which, like I said, are in groups between three and eight on some of the main main roads.
1: And it seems like those villas have really graduated now into these days into a townhouse offering on a similar land plot.
0: Yes, the next level up again becomes something that's a little bit more newly developed, which is a townhouse which they will generally sell between the eight fifty and maybe one point two million. Yeah. And
1: what's determining that? Is it quality or is it whether you're on a busier or quieter street?
0: It's mainly the quality. So the ones that are selling for, so say 1.2 million were a new development, which was a three level, so garage underneath, family kitchen dining on the next level and a further two bedrooms on the top. So- all new, very nicely appointed, I think. They achieved around the 1.2. You're getting what you pay for, really. Yeah, absolutely. More, there's yep. more concrete yep. going into this place. Yeah, yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. Makes sense. And my guess would be that once you get into that price point, you're really getting these half blocks that have maybe been subdivided with a older 3x1 or 4x1 or 4x2, right?
0: Yes. Interestingly enough, you know, there's been many people over the years that have moved into that new level of building, which is... Is it okay on half a block? So so the half a blocks were selling maybe for eight hundred to a million. Now they're a half a block now is probably gonna be one point four plus. And there was I had many conversations with people that said, Look, we'd like to build a house, we'd like to spend one and a half million. Mm. Do you think we'll get our money back? And funnily enough, probably three, four years ago, there wasn't any sales evidence to really show people that that was possible. That you're
1: going to get three mil out of this property. On a small block, yeah. yeah.
0: However, I just felt we were going through a change. People had, had been you know, putting these beautiful houses on these small blocks. And sure enough, yeah, the minute they started to sell, they certainly achieved what they had spent more.
1: You know, it's funny. I feel like COVID has pushed us towards larger blocks. But I also feel like, uh, even in my personal views, that a quarter acre is a big property to manage in the 21st century and that with the sort of houses you can still build on five, six hundred square metres, there's an argument that why would you bother paying for the extra 400, especially if it's going to be a single family home that's two storeys with a couple of kids.
0: And I'm seeing that more and more. As much as a thousand square metres used to be the main aim for families to get to, I'm seeing that down the track, the minute children start sport and the minute they're on the road, they're finding their big blocks and their big gardens a problem. So, yeah, well,
1: they become expensive, a bit of a yeah, pain in the ass on a Sunday yeah, morning.
0: exactly. And I find people saying that's all I'm doing is really looking after the garden, looking after the lawns. And I think people – I have seen a trend where people on the weekends want to walk down to the coffee shop. They don't want to get the car out. They want to walk down, get the coffee. It used to be probably 20 years ago, it used to be get me a river view. I want to be near the river. I want to be on the river. That was the aim. Where well, now it's just get me in the suburb and make me part of this village. I just want to walk down. How's like my walk score? Get a coffee. The, the lovely thing, too, is there's people, there's a lot of extremely wealthy people in Applecross, but no one really minds what anyone else does, how they got there, what they do. They just rock up to the coffee shop, have a chat. Yeah. It's, it's lovely.
1: It is a very do- democratised place, the coffee shop, isn't it? We all ah, want our four or 50 coffee on a Saturday it's morning. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It is
0: amazing. And there's probably one of the wealthiest people in Uppercross is in bare feet, you know, walking around the Yeah, coast, you'd never
1: know it. That's which right. is just amazing, which yeah. is good. So let's start dreaming. We get a full block somehow. We're on a, one of those properties that we're close enough to the beach where it's it's a couple of hundred metres away. What are we paying and what are we getting?
0: So for a, a quarter acre, you'd be looking now around probably the $2.2 2 So that just gets you on a street, probably a five-minute walk to the river with an a very old house on it.
1: Yep. And if I've rocked up to a brand-new Colleen Gandini listing that you're absolutely buzzing about, thinking, wow, I'd love to live here, what are you paying for these properties?
0: So, um, yeah, someone knocks a block down, puts a lovely house on it. So, anywhere from four mil.
1: Yeah. Some amazing, serious money we're amazing, talking now, right?
0: Amazing. And the types of buildings that are going up are incredible. There's been a lot of thought into... To the way people are building and the use of the land.
1: You know, two million does sound like a lot of money, but I think it's accessible to a lot of working dual-income professional mm. families these days. It it still is an accessible price point, right? Four to five mil is some serious money. Are you finding there's any friction in that price point where you have to sit and wait for people to rock up, or are you do you have a list of you can name a handful of people off the top of your head where you go, geez, if the right house came yeah. up, there's people at four or five mil any day of the week.
0: I'm amazed at how much money there is at that level, mm. and how many buyers mm. and, waiting and, in the wings.
1: And, and I think this all ties back to the start of our conversation. That there's, I've seen it as well. There's a lot of people that the four or five mil space, but they're not just going to spend it on anything. It needs mm. to be something special, and ironically, it needs to be something that really they should probably build themselves, but they don't have the time or the interest to do it. So they sit there waiting for someone else to have built this house that suits them perfectly. Yeah,
0: and I think when that happens, I think the people that do end up selling, that have built it, end up you know, making some really good gains because of that. There was one I sold recently on the riverfront and it was a house built I think in the 1990s by Michael Burke who who was a revered builder. And I said to the owner, I feel the person that's going to pay the most for your house will be the person that, that still... Has a need for it and loves the house, so there was really competitive buying on that. We had three offers, and all of them didn't want the house. Wow! You know, and they paid. I think she was hoping for sort of maybe 3.8, and the price point went to 4.4.
1: Just for the land, essentially. Just for the land, yeah.
0: which was really surprising.
1: Okay, so let's segue into those crazy prices, right? You're talking 7 mil, but these prices can get more than 7 mil in Applecross. In Dalkeith, it will be Jutland Parade, it would be Victoria Ab, You can be paying 10, 15, 20 mil for properties in these places, and these places are insane. Applecross, you've got the same thing, right? What are the equivalents? What are you getting? You've listed these properties before, Colin. Tell us some cool stories.
0: You have Duncraig Road, you've got the Strand, you've got Majestic, Canning Beach Road, Melville Beach Road. And yeah, it's quite incredible to the extent. I think there's one just sold in uh, the Majestic for just under 20 million. And so. this
1: is 20 million bucks, where it's probably cash. Mm. And you wonder, what are people mm. doing with a $20 million house? But the point of this is, and if people haven't been to Majestic Close before, I don't want to bother all the neighbours, but they should go because it's pretty much one of the best views in Perth. You're right on Mm. the point there of Applecross, looking back at the city. It's the site of the old Majestic Hotel, Mm. which I'm sure thousands of people listening to would have been back in the day. That was knocked down, obviously, a few decades ago. And now we've got a small cul-de-sac of some of the most insane properties in Mm. Perth. I'm sure you've walked through a few of these.
0: Yes. Amazing. Amazing homes. You know, a lot of them built, that was established sort of in the 1990s. um, Yeah, with amazing views, like... You know, 180 degrees.
1: And then you've got properties on Fraser Road, for example. And and the the interesting thing about the suburb is some of these lots are still a couple of thousand square metres each, right? And they can be a hundred and something metres long going from Fraser Road all the way to to river fronting, right? And and this is where I spoke to before is that unlike Dalkeith, which unfortunately has a south-facing aspect at the back of their house, which is where you'd normally be hanging out, Mm. The cool thing about Apple cross is you've got a north facing aspect all your mm. northern light mm. is at the back of the house North-faced, where your views yeah. are of the yeah. of the river yeah. and yeah. the city it yeah. I, I actually don't think it gets better than that
0: mm. I agree look at, at the moment on Fraser Road I have a, a property available where you drive in and then at the at the bottom is the river so there just aren't many of those properties left and Fraser Road is the only street that you'll ever find one of those available but under six million for 1,390 square metres, it's crazy. Do really. I reckon
1: you'll have a sale by the end of the week, just um, putting it on here. So Is the property s- missing a mansion? So the
0: special things about this, yeah, so it's there's two very old houses on the block, so it actually has a survey strata into two lots, which makes it even more special because you can actually have two houses on the one block, which you wouldn't ever be able to do that now, but that was, it's, it's a narrower frontage, but as long as you build right, you've got you you got know, all the views and you're, you're sitting there and so there's just a pathway and, and the river that's it yeah it's that
1: fantastic road. and it's exactly what it you would exciting. have on on Jutland and Victoria same thing where the back of your house oh, is the beach right? but, oh, but like you
0: said probably better because of the the light the that high. you'll get exactly yeah this is right. more of a northwest light but yeah amazing
1: That's as good as you get. I love how we can segue straight into you spoke to subdivision for a second there. Apple Cross is full of it, or it has been. It's nearly been subdivided out. And this is where it differs with Dalkeith and Netherlands, which is extremely protectionist. There's about three roads in Dalkeith that have any opportunity Mm -hmm. for subdivision. They've nearly all been done in the space of three years. The rest of the suburbs are 10 How is Apple Cross different in terms of its density?
0: So I think twenty five years ago they offered subdivision to a lot of the main like from it went to R twenty for a short amount of time. But I think that finished around maybe fifteen years ago. They They stopped it. it. They stopped it completely. So there are still a lot of the big blocks, but a lot of the land did get chopped up. And it does it does look a little bit different with that. But then it's I guess it's helped with the growth and it's helped bring you know, well, lots of different people. What it's helped bring, in, yeah.
1: as you're alluding to, is a village feel. And the mm. thing that Dalkeith doesn't have, unfortunately, mm. is a village feel. It mm. feels, unfortunately, it's a suburb that feels like it's stuck 30 years ago. No one really wants to hang out. Mm. No one really wants to get around each other at the coffee shop And everyone, because everyone's still protecting their 1,100 square metres. Mm. But I think one of the benefits of uh, Applecross is that it didn't go crazy. It just split a lot of these blocks up into 500 square meter blocks, mm. which is still large blocks in today's aspect. But it's given that level of, of population where it does support some really vibrant cafes. Mm. Yeah, You just don't have that in Dalkeith. And I think that's a benefit. It hasn't gone crazy in Applecross, but it certainly allowed a lot more people in. Are there many opportunities you see coming up anymore on the market where you're going and doing an appraisal on a property and it's got subdivision potential?
0: So interestingly, one thing that did just come in from Cunningham Road all the way back towards Tompkins Park. That has now been zoned R20. So, amazing opportunities there.
1: So, we're talking some house-behind-house stuff, some well, side-by-side yeah, stuff? Well, side
0: yeah, side-by-side. So, all of those blocks of 1,000 square metres, even even in a corner block over 750 square metres, all have that potential, which is incredible.
1: So, you think that will be taken up pretty quickly?
0: I, it's not not as quickly as I thought. Like It, it's, it happened probably four or five years ago, and... I thought it would happen a little bit quicker, but I think they're incredible opportunities. It's
1: possible that people haven't known about it and today is the day that they will hear about it.
0: So yeah, interestingly enough, there was some friends of mine who were renting properties, lovely properties, and i'd talked to them and said you know i think it would be a really good idea to purchase and they said look no buying real estate's not with not what we're thinking of at the moment we're just going to be renters and we'll we'll rent beautiful houses and i said well gave them all the reasons i thought real estate would be a great investment so I had the money they just
1: didn't uh, want
0: they it. definitely had the money they just didn't see that it was going to be beneficial to them so the next day one of them came to me and said look we've thought about what you said what do you think we should buy so I looked and, and found a house that was on the market with another agent. This was pre-COVID, and it the market really wasn't... It was a little bit lacklustre. Mm. And there was a corner property on the market for $1.350. And I said, look, that looks like an OK buy. I think that... Hold it for a year. I'll sell it for you for around $1.5. I felt its true value was sitting around $1.5, but... In saying that, they weren't getting heaps of people buying it at $1,350, mm. but they purchased it and I said, look, let's see if we can get a subdivision. It wasn't in the R20 zone, but it was on a street where a lot of other things had been done. So I put them onto a very good surveyor and I said to them, if they can get it subdivided, I reckon they could have made 400 If they just resold it in a year, they could make 100 So they were happy either way. And as it turned out, within that year, the market changed. COVID happened. They made an eight hundred thousand dollar profit. So they did the, did the subdivision. Did the subdivision got it through? Made
1: their four hundred on that, and probably another four hundred on the market.
0: Well, absolutely, yep. yeah, yeah. The, the market carried them forward. So, yeah, quite incredible.
1: Those are the stories that I, I think everyone would love to hear because it it's a price point that obviously has moved to today. But you look back and you go, geez. I should have bought a corner block in Apple Cross at 1.35. I can't even remember when it was 1.35. Well, actually, it wasn't that long ago, guys. And they did a really simple corner lot subdivision and ended up making 800 grand out of it in the space of a year and a bit. Mm. That's the sort of stories where people think, oh, I can't be done today. It certainly can be done today. Mm. It's about having the right support, finding the right properties at the right mm. time. And I would suggest it's a really interesting time right now in Perth because there's so much negativity coming out of the east coast where they're all scrambling to figure out what to do with their extremely expensive overpriced mm. properties and pushing that negativity towards the west coast as well from the commentary point whereas ironically over a third of the interest we get in perth these days is from the east coast so there's a lot of confusion a lot of noise interest rates going up and what it's done i think is allowed for a slight level of pause in some buyers whilst we still have transaction numbers that have essentially sustained themselves for two years now so we haven't seen a lack of demand or a drop in demand we haven't seen an increase in supply either and yes interest rate is getting slightly less affordable but still nowhere near unaffordable this is the opportunity for everyone listening this next couple of months in winter i see this has been that space there where if you want to get in make that decision this is the time Because we get to spring again, people start opening their checkbooks out, the RBA starts settling on their course of of interest rate rises, a little bit more certainty comes back into the market, the building industry starts to relax a bit more as we've spoken about with land sales falling off a cliff in the March quarter this year. By the end of the year, I'm very confident this market just hits another level in the same way that in 2003, 2004, 2005. uh, I believe we're in that 2004, 2005 period right now, Colin. And again, that time frame was in an inflationary increasing interest rate cycle as well. We all seem to forget that in 2003, 2004, interest rates continued to rise mm. up to 7%. Yet our prices pretty much doubled in that time. So there's no reason why those things can't happen again. And as long as fundamentals of demand being transactions every week versus supply being stock on market every week continues to stay as strong or relatively as strong as what they are, data doesn't buy. And in a suburb like Applecross, which is the cream of the crop, that's where the demand starts and filters down from. So for anyone listening there, if there are any opportunities you remotely see in Applecross, Mount Pleasant, Ardross, I'm a big fan. There's a reason I've got Colleen in today. Talk to her, but also have a really serious look at these areas and the, and the development opportunities here. Because again, while things might seem expensive at the time you spoke to me that, Uh, about that off-air, Colin. In five years' time, I believe that the prices we've got right now in places like Apple Cross are going to seem pretty cheap.
0: Can I just add uh, as well something interesting? I watched the GFC happen here and I was interested in what was happening in America at the time and interested how low the interest rates were when that all unfolded and thought, wow, wouldn't it be amazing if we had 2% interest rates here? So in 2018, I went to the US just to do a real estate course. And sure enough, I'd been watching their interest rates go up and up and up. And what I didn't expect to see on the other end was how much property had gone up during that time. Mm. So during the GFC, almost every area, like because I, I spoke to a lot of agents throughout a lot of America, their market had doubled from the worst areas to the best areas with the interest rates increasing. So yeah, I feel that growing interest rates certainly doesn't stop.
1: There's no practical correlation between rising interest rates and house prices. It's not like they're inverse. Mm. Uh, What happens is that it does make things less affordable, but until they become unaffordable, what they're actually doing is representing a stronger market where there is too much money in the market. So it goes, oh, guys, there's too much money. Well, when there is too much money and the share market starts to drop because interest rates start going up and bonds become more uh, interesting to look at, property in places like Perth become the outcome. That, that, that where the money goes to so uh, i'll continue to say it until the day the data starts to show different uh, in the face of all of the conversation coming out of the east coast and the death knell they're talking to perth's market will continue to grow and a place like apple cross will be a shining light in that story colleen last thing we're going to do is talk about the median house price and i don't know why i do this because i hate the median house price but it's one thing that we can all reference back to and in a place like apple cross it's nearly irrelevant however Every suburb spotlight we do, we talk about the median house price. What is it? And a question without notice, if you had that in your hand, cash today, what would you buy in Applecross? Where would it be?
0: I believe the median house price is $1.6 million in Apple Cross. And if I had that money in my hand today, I would go and buy the best piece of land I could with an older house on it. I mean, I'm always one for thinking buy a high percentage in land less mm. in the house. Any streets where you think
1: that would be possible?
0: For one point six, yeah, there's heaps of. Look, there's there's probably not overly a lot of a lot on the market in Applecross right now, but yeah, things will become available, and I think it's just looking, being discerning, seeing what's coming on, jumping in, becoming familiar with things.
1: Bonus question: What's your favourite street in Applecross?
0: The Strand. You heard it
1: there, guys. Colin Gandini from Colin Gandini Residential. Thanks so much for coming in, Colin. I really appreciate it. I love talking about this suburb and hopefully we can have you on again sometime soon in the future.
0: Thank you very much, Trent. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and
1: suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!